Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 94 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we are going to discuss NASCAR on ice. Barry Sinex is here to tell us about a fantastic event going on in the state of Wisconsin next month that David's going to be a part of where NASCAR drivers will Yes, be racing on ice with ice racing. We'll explain what that is and get a preview of what is to come on that uh, later on when Barry joins us in just a few moments from right now. Today's show is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter, Game Board's primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang. I want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace. Tickets over 125,000 live events including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck Race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit Ticketsmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's Ticketsmarter.com. David Starr joins us right now. David, how are we doing this week? Man, doing good, man. Good to see you guys. It's, uh, man, I took the day off from working at the race shop and uh, worked in my yard, and it's looking all good. My flyer biz is looking good, but, man, uh, there's some cold weather headed this way, so I, I'm just kind of getting my house and getting my place prepared for it before Santa comes, and uh, so that's what I've been doing. Very nice. And uh, Dominic Alagon from the RacingExperts.com is here as well. And Dom, uh, almost Christmas. Uh, you, you, you all ready for the holidays yet? I guess so. Getting ready and as ready as we can ever be, right? I'm back home in Santa Fe with my wife and son. Really happy to be here and Gosh, not have to be on the road back and forth for a little bit. So it's really, really good to be home. Just a matter of getting the last minute gifts. Who's on the naughty list? Who's on the nice list? But we have pretty much everybody <laughs> on the nice list this year, Tyler. Is David on the naughty or nice list? What are you <laughs> well, David, here I'll give you your chance to make a case. Should you be on the naughty list or nice list and why? Well, you know, a little bit of both, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I like well, he gets points for honesty, so that'd be yeah. close to the nice list. There we Absolutely. go. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead. Might have to put Cole in uh, David Stocking, though. You know, that might have to. You know, we might need to put in David Stocking, too, though, this year is an Olipop Dr. Gooden, because we know he's a Dr. Pepper fan. Dr. Gooden might do the trick. Just as a reminder to all you guys that Olipop is an official partner of Let's Go Racing, LLC. They've partnered with us, and they're a new kind of soda. They're loaded with prebiotics, botanicals, and plant fiber. You can use the code DAVIDSTAR or Let's Go 15 to get 15% off your order at drinkolipop.com. Olipop, a new kind of soda. I think you'd really, really like this one, David. Can't wait for you to try it. I, I'm looking forward to it, buddy. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Well, uh, guys, uh, we got a uh, full show on tap here. Uh, our final show before Christmas. Uh, and uh, you know, later on, we'll get to our news and notes. We'll have our Ask David segment, all that coming up in uh, just a bit. But first, uh, Dom, uh, our guest this week is here to tell us about a very unique event. And, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking about, you know, we heard about the NASCAR Euro Series was going to do an official event on ice. But if you can't make it out to Europe, that's okay, because <laughs> things going to happen here in, in Wisconsin in a few weeks. Absolutely. And really excited that for the second year in a row, they're going to have NASCAR on ice. And we talked about it last year. David Starr was one of the inaugural competitors. But here to tell us more this week, Barry Sinex of NASCAR on ice and how this event's coming together one month out. Barry, thank you so much for joining us this week. Oh, thanks for having me on. Of course. So NASCAR on ice. I mean, where do you even start with that, right? It just sounds so cool to have stock car racing on ice. I mean, where does the inspiration for an idea come like this from the first place? <laughs> well, I, I've really been asking that myself. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, years ago, I started uh, working with David uh, in the uh, NASCAR series and uh, in Xfinity and then in Cup as well some. And I decided one day, I can't remember, I think it was my daughter might have said something about NASCAR on ice. I said, boy, that's got a ring to it. So I got to thinking about it. And, and I called David up and I said, hey, you want to come on up here and race on ice up here in Minnesota? Because it's just such an awesome time that we have. We All the racers get up here and race. This sounds really good. So 
he got me in touch with some other drivers, and uh, we got uh, four drivers up here last year. And they all raced in their bombers on the ice, and they just had a ball. The guys in the race, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know, back to the basics racing. It was cold, and it was fun and slippery. And so what ended up happening was is that the, the, the racing association just loved it so much, but they didn't really want to let their cars go because they wanted to use them themselves. So I kind of decided that this year, do the same thing, but I went out and bought six cup cars uh, to put on the ice. So I now have six cup cars, and we're going to be racing those on the ice uh, in uh, uh, mixed in with their cars as well. So we'll be doing some racing, and then we'll be doing some racing. Uh, so it's it's turned into a, a quite a deal up here, and everybody up here is so excited about it. It's been on the news. It's been, you know, we got another month to go ahead and, and raise awareness of it. Uh, I got a NASCAR hauler up here, so I can uh, move the cars around. So we're we're pretty much set for this year. That's awesome. The fact that you guys have cup cars this year, too, and I know it was a pretty big deal last year, but definitely blowing up even more so in its second year. It's, it's hilarious to watch the guys in the Ice Racing Association look at these cars and laugh and say, we have no clue what they're going to do. I don't have any clue what they're going to do. Nobody knows what these things. Nobody ever had ice racing on with NASCAR before. So nobody really knows. So we're putting studs on all four tires so they can go like crazy. Uh, we want to make sure they can go plenty fast enough to be on about a half mile track. And we're just going to have a really good time with it. It's, it's just all there is to it. David, let me ask you to chime in on this. You did this last year, but now racing actual cup cars on this. Are you excited? You nervous or a little bit of both? Man, I'm so excited. You know, Barry Sinek's just a great guy, great friend. And Barry kept me racing for years, man. He, he was a great partner, sponsored, kept me uh, uh, racing in the Xfinity Series with uh, LowChase.com and Barry's other companies. But uh, we were in Michigan a couple years ago, and, and uh, Barry brought a friend of his, Mark and and Dracing, and I don't know how you say his last name, Barry. Androsky. Androsky. Yeah, Mark Androsky. And uh, they were talking about ice racing, and I was like, ice racing? I was like, tell me more, man. That's nuts. You know, ice racing. What do you mean ice racing? He said, well, the lakes freeze up up here in uh, Duluth, Minnesota. And I'm like, the lakes freeze over, man. I'm, you know, being from being a Texan, we don't we don't know much about ice and lakes freezing over, you know. So as they told me more about it, said so they race on ice. Uh, I told Barry and I told Mark, I said, man, there, if there's ever an opportunity for me to come up north and getting one of y'all's race cars and race on ice, man, that would be something I'd totally be interested in. in. And uh, not only did they make that happen, they turned it into kind of a our first annual NASCAR on ice last year, and it was unbelievable. And the people, you know, how passionate we are about NASCAR and auto racing, tell you what, the people up there in Duluth, Minnesota, that part of the country, uh, the the uh, ice racing association and the people that uh, that race these cars on ice, men, women, uh, man, they're very passionate about it, and uh, it was really just a, a cool experience. And I didn't really know what I was stepping into, and dude, it was one of the most fun, craziest things I've ever done in my lifetime. You know, so I told Barry, he's like, man. You know, I was excited when he called and said, hey, we're going to make this even bigger for the second annual NASCAR on ice here in 2023. And uh, I'm just excited to be part of it. And like Barry was saying, I've seen pictures of the cars, but he went out and bought six former Cup cars. And uh, he got really serious about this. You know, last year we were using a lot of the different competitors. They were gracious enough. Uh, to let uh, us NASCAR drivers jump in their cars and race them. And, man, it was it was amazing. It was unbelievable. But I'm looking forward to this event uh, because it's so cool and so different from anything I've ever done in my racing career. That's unbelievable. Uh, pretty exciting. And so uh, tell me about this, uh, Barry. How did this all come together? Where did the idea come from? And how did it come to fruition to, to be doing this for a second straight year? Well, I think like David said, you know, there, it, it, 
the idea about racing uh, NASCAR on ice popped up somewhere, and I just said that's that's a, a ring to that. And one thing up in the Northland in the wintertime, we like to find things to do. I mean, we we do all kinds of things on the ice. Uh, we we go skiing and snowboarding and all that. And there's not a lot to do uh, for as far as outdoor activities uh, outside the box. So I've in my NASCAR time, uh, I've really enjoyed the NASCAR experience and I've, I've experienced as, as a spectator, I've experienced as a sponsor, I've experienced as a, uh, you know, kind of a business person, uh, as a truck driver. I, I drove uh, the NASCAR cup haulers for Rick Ware and, and Carl Long and, and Josh Rayum. And uh, I, I decided to kind of bring it up here to Duluth, you know, bring it home uh, because they don't really know that much about NASCAR around here. And boy, when they heard NASCAR on ice, the first year was kind of like, what? You know, what is NASCAR on ice? What are you trying to do? This year, everybody knew about it before I even opened my mouth. And they were all excited about it. We got sponsors this year. Last year, I sponsored the whole thing myself. Uh, but this year, we got sponsors on, on the hook. And uh, they're, they're all excited. Uh, we have uh, driver sponsors. We have car sponsors. Uh, we have race sponsors. And it's... The one thing, and I told David this just earlier today when I was talking to him, this is about fun. This is not about business. It's not about any of that. When we turn the lights on up here and go out there and race, I should say turn the lights on, we're doing it during the day. But when we start racing, it's just about the fun. And then we get, go out to the bar at night and we just have more fun. And, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's just fun. And I told David, we're coming up here to have a good time. I got to put all this together. But then once it's together... The rest of it is just fun. What will be, will be. And that's how it got started. So this time around, Barry, very curious here. I'm sure you got a lot of media coverage last time, a lot of fan interest. This second time around, how much different has that fan interest been, media coverage, media interest in coming out to, to come cover the event or come see the event? Well, we set up a, what we call a showroom. So we got all the cars parked in this showroom. And in the showroom, we're going to be doing media events. We're going to be having people come along and uh, look at the cars, ask questions. Uh, we're going to go ahead and set the uh, uh, all the drivers are going to send up some of their suits. and We're going to put the suits in there. They get to see the car, touch the car. Uh, the media is is very interested in it. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that I have to be careful of, and I, I try to be extra careful about it, getting this one going this year, is that I want this to be fun. I don't want this to be a business. I, I just want to have fun with it. So uh, I want the drivers to have fun, have somewhere for them to come in the winter just to go ahead and let their hair down and be around guys that just love racing. Uh, so I want, didn't really want to blow it up. And then uh, my son-in-law, uh, he just he put a, the word out somewhere that that was going to happen. And it just started after that. It just kind of went and then blew up. But I can still keep it down to the point. Really, what this is all about is a bunch of guys and gals going out on the race, going around in circles, uh, having a great time, and then having uh, uh, dinner together and stuff like that. So really, that's what it's all about. Hey guys, last year, man, it was, it, I, I can't tell you how awesome it was. Barry flew me into Duluth, Minnesota on his airplane. And then we, uh, when I finally saw the racetrack, I was blown away because we drove out on a lake that well, I thought that was nuts and crazy. We drove on a lake that's frozen and you know, you can you can almost see through the ice at times, you know. It's it's just wild. And to have a cool racetrack, they actually, I don't know if they grind sand or 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 I don't know. Barry can explain that to you, but it's a it's a half mile, three-quarter mile racetrack. It's pretty awesome. And last year, the fans, man, the fans came out. We had an intermission, uh intermission for the features last year. And we did a uh, like a uh, autograph session, take pictures with the fans, talk to the fans. It was unbelievable. But man, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Kind of remind me of my dirt racing days. But man, it's hard to get forward bite to get grip on ice. And uh, and dude, I had so much fun, man. I'm willing. I'm driving my rear end off, you know, not going anywhere, <laughs> erasing and laughing, and and just it was just amazing. Uh, but man, I, the, and again, I said it earlier, the, 
the people that race on ice uh, that do it week in and week out in these associations up up that way, uh, they're very passionate, you know, and, and what they're trying to do to their cars to get them to hook up uh, was just amazing. Josh Rayum was uh, obviously a, a NASCAR driver and a NASCAR team owner in our big feature race last year. I, th I think his car broke down or he wrecked and we had a red and he, he, he jumped in the car I was running, man. And, and uh, I think we made it all the way up to third or fourth place. And man, we laughed so hard. There, there was a pickup truck uh, that we were trying to pass. And I think the left front tire on this pickup truck, it was three, three foot off the ground. I never seen anything like it in my life, man, but it was amazing how much fun we had. And I think Josh Rayum was having more fun being my co-pilot than he was when he was driving. But man, it was it was unbelievable and awesome. And and, uh, and Barry, I can't thank you enough for putting this on because I'm looking forward to coming down there and just visiting with all the people uh, and and getting in another you know a real NASCAR Cup car and and driving it on ice. I think that's crazy and nuts. And uh, it's uh, obviously it's going to be. The, you know, see how it's all going to work out. But man, last year was a big success. And I think this year is even going to be even much bigger and better. Well, we put the uh, passenger seats in the cup cars now too. So Josh can ride with you again. <laughs> That's amazing, man. That's incredible. And I'm very curious, just as far as like aerodynamics go and everything like that, how, how do the cars have enough grip on the ice? How does it compare to a normal racetrack here. Aerodynamic well, the ice racing, <laughs> there's no aerodynamics, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you know, I'll let Barry speak on this, but man, it was, uh, it's crazy and nuts, man, but it's, God, it's so much fun. I mean, these, these men and women, man, they're very talented, skilled, uh, very skillful drivers and uh, they got it going on and, just because us NASCAR drivers going to go up north and jump in a in a NASCAR Cup car don't mean anything, man. These there's a girl I don't even remember what her name was, but she whipped up on me every race, man. We we had a heat race and I couldn't pass her to save my life. I tried everything, man, and uh, but man, it's uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But Barry, answer Tyler's question about aerodynamics. <laughs> well, this is a great big experiment is what it is because everybody's looking at it, scratching their heads, and I am too. So we've got uh, – I got snow tires for all the cars all the way around. We're putting uh, uh, studs on all the tires. And in the, just after Christmas uh, – or I should say just after New Year's when the track gets out there, we're going to take these cars out there and we're going to – try out and see how many studs we need in there. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna test the cars and find out how to go ahead and make them all the same so that everybody has the same opportunity with the cars to, to race and win. But it's, it's just a big, uh, uh, it's a test. You know, I, I, I bought a whole bunch of tires. I bought a whole bunch of studs. And we're going to go out there and start screwing studs to the tires and find out how many we need. We don't want them going too fast, but we certainly don't want them going too slow. Because if you get tires on the ice, and they, they, they don't put any sand or anything out there. That's just straight ice. <laughs> so when we get out there, if you just have a regular tire, uh, especially the big, fat, 13-inch tires that they drive at NASCAR, you're going nowhere. So that's why we're putting the studs in there. So you're going to have a really good bite, and I think they're going to go along very, very well. That's awesome. Uh, and so I'm very curious, you know, this being the second year of this and trying to build this thing out from here, uh, Barry, what, what, what do you want to do in the future? Is it you want to have this as an annual one-time event or – maybe even like a series of some sorts here? What's kind of the, the long-term plans for this thing, you think? <laughs> there are no long-term plans for anything. <laughs> there, I don't do long-term plans. It, 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 it does what it does. See, people got to pull. They got to be interested in it. But what I'm finding out is people are very interested in it. Uh, when we started the, the – I guess you say started the series, uh, really what it was is to get NASCAR people up here to Duluth and Superior to meet the, everybody. So, you know, it kind of turned into something a little bit more than that. And it's kind of like my gift, more or less, back to the community and say, hey, look, these, these guys have a great time out on the track. Let's bring it up here to Duluth. So I don't know 
Uh, I don't have any predisposition to do anything with it. Uh, I was just talking to a sponsor the other day. He says, well, you know, well, how does a sponsorship work? I says, I don't know. How do you want it to work? You know, I, I don't really know what we're, go what we're doing up here, but it just is plain flat out fun. I like it. And I have to yeah, ask you, no too, Barry, you're having all the fun putting this together. Do you get fun yourself getting behind the wheel, being a passenger? Have you gotten a chance to get some racing under your belt with this? I'm a really strange person. I enjoy the racing. Whenever I sponsor David, I said, David, I get you up to the time the green flag goes. And then it's all you. It has nothing to do with me at that point. Because I, I enjoy the racing. I enjoy watching the racing. But uh, I enjoy more the sport itself and all the complexities that it has between the sponsorships and the drivers and the, uh, the cars and I mean everything that happens. The truck, how do the trucks get there? How does how does racing pay for itself? How, what is and that's what I enjoy. The racing is fun, but I think it's more fun for the people that like driving. I like driving, but I'm not really a very good race car driver. <laughs> uh, so my fun is actually making it so everybody else can have a good time and i have a good time doing that very cool you're the logistics guy you like putting it all together and you like seeing what the final product looks like yeah yeah it, it just and, and the thing is it's, it's great to see the product coming as you call it from nothing to something and not knowing where it's start or where it's going you know it's it's i don't know you know uh uh it's gonna be interesting to see what happens we're going on the ice two months before they do in Finland with these NASCARs. And I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like. You know, we're, I know we're going to have six cars out there and the pictures are going to be great and the race is going to be great. The people are going to be great, but I don't know what that's going to do in the long run. Who knows? Maybe NASCAR will come up here and, and have a race before the, the clash. There you go. Uh, wouldn't that be fun? That'd be fun. And that's, that's a great segue to what I wanted to ask you too. Has anybody from the sanctioning body, has anybody from NASCAR <laughs> and what you doing here? <laughs> oh, I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting. Uh, I, I hope that when they come that they can see the value in it and they can join in. But technically speaking, NASCAR on ice is actually stands for North American super cold auto racing. <laughs> so, uh, say it again. So we're, we're, what is that uh, for? <laughs> uh, North American super cold auto racing. Awesome. So, uh, it, basically, I want NASCAR to be involved, but I know who NASCAR is after being working around them, I guess you say, for years. And I want to work with them. And if they come, I don't want to hurt the sport. You know, that's not the intention. But I don't know what they're going to say. I have no earthly clue. Uh, sooner or later, they're going to call me. They got my numbers right on the website, nascaronice.com. Hey, guys, ask Barry about uh, jumping out of airplanes into racetracks. Do what now? Okay, hold on. Go, go ahead. Oh, uh, well. Okay, so this some of this all started, actually, I have a Mach 5, and I built a Mach 5 from uh, a car that was designed by, uh, uh, I, I can't remember who it was, but they sold it in Walmart back in the early 2000s, and I fell in love with the car, so I, I bought a Corvette, it took me about six or seven years to figure out what I wanted to do. I bought a Corvette, and I used car, I'm an aircraft mechanic, so I had no carbon fiber, so I used carbon fiber and a honeycomb to build a Mach 5. And you can see it at uh, speedracer.me when I, when I built the car. And it has, uh, well, right on there, what my intention is, I'm a professional skydiver too. So uh, what, I, what I'd like to do is I'd like to skydive into a NASCAR race with at least, I think I put at least uh, uh, 10,000 fans in the stands, uh, hop in my Mach 5 and drive around the racetrack. So basically I set goals that are ridiculous to see if I can make them. And that's what I did there. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if I get there. Uh, yeah, the Mark Five guys. It's y'all. I don't know if y'all have seen it, but you go to speedracer.me. It's amazing, man. You know, growing up as a kid and watching speed racers, we all watched speed racer as a kid growing up. And and the Mark Five was, you know, when I saw it for the first time in real life. It was it was amazing, and Barry built a freaking incredible Mach Five. It's it sits on a Corvette chassis. That thing drives amazing. How fast it is and how good it handles. 
and it's a perfect replica of the Mont 5. And uh, man, Barry's taken it to three or four NASCAR races, and man, the people, the fans love it. And it's just amazing, uh, amazing uh, automobile. And uh, Barry, I'm uh, I'm excited for you to bring it back to a NASCAR race because I know all the fans love it, and I think it's so cool of having it there and it being there. I still got the video of you driving it on the racetrack down there at Charlotte. You were like a kid in a candy store. You were just having such a ball. <laughs> I mean, I never put on the web or anything like that. I just got on my cell phone. Every once in a while, I pull it out and, and look at it because the enjoyment on your face, and that's why I built it, actually, uh, and, and take it around because people come up to me, and I, I've, I've had people just come up and literally start crying. Uh, we were down at the NASCAR race down in Charlotte, I think it was last year. Uh, and there was a guy that had a shirt on, that Speed Racer shirt, and and he just he he was just like crying. He wanted to ride in the car. It's like so I drove him around the car for twenty minutes, and we just had a good time. So it's it's a lot of fun to to play with the car. It's got it gets a lot of visibility. People recognize it. Uh, so I, I tried to get it on the track down at NASCAR, and uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. They threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I tried, you know, it didn't get too far. Well, uh, let me ask you this, day: of all the things you've done in your career, how does this compare? Uh, is there anything like this? Is this one of the best things you've done? Man, you know, hey, just, you know, being a race car driver and racing in NASCARs, you know, that's that's the ultimate. That's a, a kid's dream come true, you know what I mean, working hard and paying off and, uh, and the and the best you know the and that being said you know racing at Daytona and Bristol and Texas and winning NASCAR races man that's just uh, you know you you paint yourself because you think you're in a dream and during all of that process you meet really wonderful great people like Barry Sennett. and Barry's given me an opportunity obviously if you don't have sponsors these days you you can't race and Barry's enabled me. Uh, as a great partner to, to give me the finances to continue to race. But but once you get past the business side, you become great friends with him and just know what a cool man he is and what a great businessman he is and all the cool things he he does and, and has done. Uh, you know, and then and then for him to give me an uh, to give me an opportunity to do something that I never even thought was possible. But it has to be one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life, man, racing on ice. You know what I mean? I mean, have you all ever heard anything so crazy? I mean, dirt racing, you know, short track, pavement racing. I mean, racing on ice, man. I, I mean, you guys know, I mean, if it's 65 degrees, I'm freezing. You know what I mean? When you go to Duluth, Minnesota, you're, you're standing on a frozen lake. That's nuts, man. I mean, that is just crazy. But uh, it is one of the coolest things I've ever done uh, uh, in my lifetime. It's, it's pretty awesome, man. It's so different and so unique. And that's that's really the uh, why it's just so cool, you know. And, uh, man, Tyler and Dominic, I think if y'all aren't doing anything that weekend, y'all need to come to Duluth, Minnesota. And uh, it's pretty awesome, man. Hey, I'd be down behind the wheel if I could. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure we Barry could probably make that happen. But you know, last year was so cool. Uh, uh, just you're so in awe, and just you're having such a great time. You can't wipe the smile off your face. And then you're trying to, you know, that as a race car driver, you're trying to figure out, man, how do I get some forward traction? How do I get? How do I make this thing hook up coming off the corners? And uh, how do I get into call? I mean, there's just, it's not easy. And uh, one thing that was really cool last year when we had an intermission during our event and we got to meet the, the race fans up in that area, take pictures with them, talk to them. Uh, there was a guy there in the audience and he came up to me. His name was Bobby Archer. Uh, uh, I think Bobby Archer, was it Bobby or Tom? It was Tommy Archer. The Archer brothers, and when I was growing up as a kid, growing up, uh, uh, street racing, uh, uh, road racing, uh, the Archer brothers, man, they were like the uh, Hendrix of, of, of uh, road racing back back then, and it was amazing that Tommy Archer was actually there uh, as a fan watching us compete. I thought that was pretty cool, but man, what a big event that was, and uh, 
I'm so excited about what Barry's put together. He, he says it's all for fun, and it is all for fun, but, you know, you, you put race car drivers on anything, you put them on a bicycle, you know, and it, it gets very competitive real quick. But the people that, that race these cars, these different types of cars, uh, how passionate we all are for NASCAR and just for an auto racing as a sport, these people are just as passionate, and I love that. You know, I love I love to talk to them, love spending time with them, and it's just it's just really cool. You have a lot of you have a lot of team owners, people that own these race cars. They don't even drive them; they go out and get drivers, and it's it's just a it's very unique. But uh, but man, we're all one big family. We we race cars, whether you race on ice, dirt, or or asphalt or in NASCAR, we're all one big family as far as I'm concerned. So Barry, if somebody's wanting to come see this event next month, how do they go about getting tickets? I, I know there's a limited quantity out there just available. So how do people, if they're wanting to get their hands on one of those tickets to this event, how do they make that happen? Uh, well, we, we're selling them on Facebook, but we're also selling them on NASCAR and ice.com. Uh, they are limited. And the reason they're limited is because uh, well, there's two reasons. The, the first reason is, is that I don't want it too big this year. I, I, I want to keep it local. I want to keep it fun. I want to go ahead and just keep it down because I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, the second reason is is that uh, the the peninsula there, it's called the, the Power Squadron, is is hosting the, the spectators and going to have the pits over there by the spectators. So it's only so big and it only fits so many people. Uh, so w you got to get your, your tickets early because when we hit a thousand, think about a thousand. I, I, I got to take a better look, but I think about a thousand. We're, we're going to kind of cut it off and that's it. And so we uh, we don't know when the ticket sales are really going to take off because they're just getting around. Everybody kind of seems to start knowing about it now. But up here in Minnesota, they say, you know, let's just wait until that day and see if it's very good. I don't care if it's a blizzard out there. We're getting out there and racing. Sorry, David. Uh, we're we're going to go racing. That's all there is to it. Uh, and if for some reason it's just absolutely impossible to do, we do it Sunday. So, you know, we, we have an opportunity up here to do this. There's, there's going to be a lot of fun. And truthfully speaking, one of the most fun parts about the race is, is after the race when you go to the to, uh, uh, to the uh, uh, the restaurant uh, restaurant bar and you hang out with these guys and everybody's just having such a good time and it's just a, a bunch of down home good old racing buddies and that's when it looks like it's a lot of fun you know we have a sponsorship dinner on Friday uh, a couple of things like that but uh, it's it's uh, we'll just kind of have to see how it works out. One of the cool things about when I was when when Barry took me to the, to the racetrack on this frozen lake, I'm like, man, <laughs> man, people are serious about this stuff. They got freaking tents, man. What are they doing with these tents everywhere? You know, and I'm like, I'm like, are these people camping on? I, I mean, I I was just so you know not knowing, you know, just my inexperience of that part of the country and that kind of stuff, and. Barry said, man, those people are ice fishing. I'm like, they're what? <laughs> they got a freaking tent and they drill a hole in the ice, man. And they're fishing, you know, and uh, it, just going up there and that types of uh, environment uh, was just so different from my everyday life. It was just really uh, very educational and just really cool to see. It was unbelievable. Very nice. That's, uh, that's awesome. Uh, Dominic, unless you have anything else, we can. Uh... Move on, get to our uh, news and notes segment. Uh, hey, Tyler, I got one more question for. There. I got one more question for Barry. Go ahead, so Debbie. Barry. How, how does that work, man? How how thick does the ice have to be to put all those cars and all the people? I mean, you know, I have to be honest with you, man. I was nervous last year. I'm like, man, <laughs> I was nervous. I mean, I'm a great swimmer, but man, if that ice breaks and next thing you know, you're in a you're in the freaking lake and the water's freezing. I mean, it, I was just like, man, this is nuts. And I just, I'm curious of uh, how thick uh, does the lake have to be ice-wise before you can hold an event on it and put cars on it, right, like we do? Well, the ice race has been doing it for years, so they really have that down. I believe it's 14 inches, if I'm not mistaken, before they can actually race, and they have to have uh, – 
the snow banks have to be, I think, at least two feet high around the track. Uh, so they really know what they're doing. We've been in Minnesota. We've been driving on lakes forever. Uh, we don't even really think about driving out on the lakes with a car until, depending on the kind of ice, whether it's eight inches or so, maybe 10 inches, we start driving on the, on the lake. But uh, it's 14 inches. And this year, right now, outside, it's uh, 24 degrees below centigrade and about six below or something like that Fahrenheit. I just, when I, I just flew in here just minutes before we got on this, and I was up at altitude, and it was like uh, uh, 10 below Fahrenheit up there. And uh, it's making some really good ice. So we've already got, uh, two weeks ago, we've already got seven inches of ice. Uh, this is probably one of the coldest uh, pre-seasons I've seen. So we're going to have plenty of ice. But the people, the spectators, are all going to be on shore. They're not going to be on the ice. Okay. You're going to be the only one on ice, David. <laughs> <laughs> so, Barry, man, what, I, I mean... I mean, I, I mean, you're just born into that, but what, I don't understand why somebody wants to live in those types of conditions, dude. <laughs> but there's a lot well, of you ask the same question there. when it's about 99 degrees down there, and I'm up here about 70 in the middle of the summer, so. Man, I'll take 99 every day, but this negative <laughs> two and negative five, man. Right. You just dress for it. <laughs> but anyway, well, I, I got I got coats up here for y'all too. I got, I got uh, all, all coats, boots, gloves, and everything like that when y'all come up here. Man, okay. that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. It it sounds like we need to head up there to Duluth. Sounds like we need to head up that way next month. Yeah, come on up. It's it's a bubble ball. Hey, I'll be down. Uh, hey, hey, Dominic, if Tyler makes it, then we, we uh, I'd say that the 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 Jones. Jones, uh, what do you call that thing he does in the summer? The cancel of Jones or something? The Jones. Well, the summer tour. of Jones. We, we might have to have the winter of Jones. There you go. There you go. So, uh, but man, what a what a cool event, man! I uh, I hope you guys can make it. It's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, that'd be very cool, uh, guys. We'll get to our uh, news and notes segment here. This is all before we do. Today's show is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter is the official ticket resale marketplace for Worldwide Technology Raceway, where David won in 2004. Fans can also get tickets to any type of event, including sports, concerts, and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committing to help, committed to helping those in need by donating $1 from every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to TicketSmarter.com to find tickets for upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com for more. All right, uh, time for news and notes, the latest happenings in the NASCAR world. Uh, Dominic, it's all yours. Uh, where do we begin today? Let's begin with a new team potentially entering the NASCAR Cup Series in 2023. German 3F Racing, owned by Dennis Hertz, is looking to enter the NASCAR Cup Series in the 2023 season, looking to make their debut at Atlanta Motor Speedway, fifth round of the 2023 Cup Series schedule. Motorsport.com is reporting that the team has secured the number 30 entry. They have backing from General Motors and Chevrolet. And Dennis Hertz, a businessman himself, has experience in NASCAR working with Phoenix Racing and their marketing over the years. Guys, no driver announced just yet for the team, but the article does state that the team does have a relationship with Ryan Vargas and actually a friend of the show, Mark Tate's nephew, Chris Tate. So interesting to see what will happen with this team down the road, but potentially a new cup team in 2023. David, another team and uh, somebody uh, that we happen to know well here. Man, I'm, I'm excited for those guys. I hope it all comes together uh, for them. Uh, they're really, uh, Paul and, and uh, Dennis, they're just really great guys. And, uh, man, they're very passionate about uh, being involved in, a, in, in, our, in, in NASCAR at the cup level. Uh, I think they just ran a race in Florence, South Carolina, a late model race, and they did really well with uh, Chris Tate behind the wheel. And uh, I know they've been really working hard on their sponsorship. Uh, that's, that's really gonna be the, uh, the glue to make all this come together. Uh, but I'm excited for them. I, uh, I, I, I know them well, and I think the way they're going about it is really, uh, really smart on their, their, on their uh, part. And uh, it'd be kind of cool to have another cup team out there with some of our good friends, you know? So we kind of yeah. need to see that come together. Come together, Barry. Uh, the excitement of the sport—we're seeing uh, new teams pop up all the time here. Uh, yeah, I—you uh, know—you asked me that question uh, back earlier. What's to come? 
we, we actually have a software company. Our software is being looked at by multiple teams to install it, just like it does in the aviation industry, to help run the marine or the uh, uh, NASCAR industry. So we're thinking about putting the car together and uh, uh, racing it down maybe in Atlanta. I, don't, I haven't decided whether to do that or not, to showcase the software and what it can do. So uh, I don't know if it's going to work out, but I know that one of the uh, race team uh, that we drive for uh, is interested in kind of helping us do that. And if we showcase that software, that's going to really help out. Uh, NASCAR, I know, and, and it'll get more into the sport and help us to be more uh, uh, a part of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Dom, the, the next thing we need is just David to own a team now. There we go. We need <laughs> David Star Motorsports. <laughs> oh, I keep poking them. I keep poking them, and I don't know. Come man, on, David. I'm a, Man, I'm, I'm just blessed and happy to to, to – played the driver part and uh you know I, I you never rule out the future um you know i'd say future being five or six years down the road once i finally retire from the driving part but right now man i'm all about getting in somebody's race car and trying to win you know and uh uh but i, I would uh i'd be lying to you if i told you i wasn't interested interested in ownership side of it um but you know that's a that's a big that's a big uh big undertaking right there you know and uh but uh definitely something i'll i'll uh you know i will uh look out strongly later at years after i retire i'm sure yeah dom what else we got going on so lionel racing has announced their top 10 selling diecast of the 2022 season and i have to tell you guys believe it or not it's not a chase elliott and it's not a dale earnhardt jr diecast that was the top selling diecast of 2022 i'm going to read you the list from 10th to 1st. The number 10 best-selling diecast of 2022. Austin Sindrick's Daytona 500 win diecast. Number nine, Chase Elliott's Napa Dover win. Number eight, Chase Elliott's Nashville win. Number seven, Chase Elliott's Hooter Chevrolet. Number six, Kyle Larson's HendrickCars.com Chevrolet. Number five, a throwback with Richard Petty's STP Firecracker 400 200th win, a 1984 throwback. The number four most popular, a Dale Earnhardt Jr. Sundrop late model diecast when he ran out there, I believe, North Wilkesboro. The third best-selling diecast of the year, Chase Elliott's Napa car. The number two best-selling diecast, Kurt Busch's Jordan Brand Kansas Win Toyota. And I'll let you guys guess. Let's go around the room. We're going to start with David. What do you think was the number one selling diecast of the year? Whatever car Ross, uh, Ross uh, Chastain was driving at Martinsville when he did that incredible ride the wall wide open deal whatever car that was uh that's probably your number one diecast tyler i would go with the kyle bush m&m's car people trying to get them before they're uh, off the market barry i'm gonna stick with my diecast cars i got a david star when i'm responding <laughs> <to them. laughs> nice. the number one selling diecast of 2022 per lionel racing ross chastain's moose fraternity martinsville hail mail and chevrolet there it is. <laughs> yeah, I thought so, man. That was uh, that was probably one of the biggest moves in our sports history. It was amazing. Does the diecast have the stripes on it from the wall? It better, otherwise it's not authentic, right? Yeah. I I invited Ross Chastain up here, and I told him to put skis on the side of the car for him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Barry, let's see one of our diecasts. No, there's, there's uh, one of them. That's... Uh, that's the uh, 66 car. And then this is the first one, the 52. Wow. Is that cool, guys? Nice die cast. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're awesome, man. Yeah. Very oh, man. cool. So are those one-of-a-kind die casts, or did they mass produce those? They are one-of-a-kind. That's awesome. <laughs> Just like the Mach 5. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see that Mach 5. Uh, I don't think I, wait, I, don't think I have that. Uh, I'll go see if I got one. I don't think I do, though. All right, we'll stand by for that from Barry. In the meantime, Tyler, some other news and notes. A friend of the show got inducted into a Hall of Fame over the weekend. NASCAR veteran racer Jeff Bodine was inducted to the Bobsled and Skeleton Hall of Fame for his contributions with the Bodine Project, Bobsled Project, that helped the U.S. Olympic teams capture the gold medal in the 2010 Vancouver Olympics at the four-man race. 
Bodine raced in NASCAR from 1979 to 2011, including a Daytona 500 victory in 86 and an all-star race victory in 1994. You know, guys, I hearing you talk about that, that news, Dominic, I, I'm – I'm surprised that Jeff Bodine is not in our NASCAR Hall of Fame yet. I'm, I'm surprised by that because, man, the 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 uh, man, the, him and Dale Earnhardt, man, they're uh, they're uh, back and forth rivalry for all those years was a big deal, and Bodine was was amazing. I think you know the history of Jeff, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think Hendrick Motorsports was going to shut down, and he put he put a Hendrick Chevrolet in Victory Lane in Martinsville. I could be wrong, and and they was able to keep keep going. And now look at what what become of Hendrick Motorsports after after Jeff kept them in line. Just think what would happened if uh, Jeff Bodine wouldn't have won that race when he won it. You know, there might may not ever ever been a Hendrick Motorsports. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but that's pretty cool. I know. Uh, uh, Jeff was really uh, uh, instrumental in the new bot, the bobsled that we use, a uh, USA team uses today in the Olympics, and that's cool that 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 uh, that he was inducted into their Hall of Fame. And uh, I'm just sad that he is not in our NASCAR Hall of Fame, and I'm sure that's not too far in the future that we'll see that. Well, David, I was talking with Tyler before this before the show, and I've talked to my brother at length about this and. I don't know. I, I'm curious your take. You too, Barry, and for, feel free to weigh in on this. But any Hall of Fame, not just NASCAR, but any kind of professional Hall of Fame, I think a good rule of thumb, yeah, stats are important and, and contributions are definitely important. But can you tell that industry or that sports history with or without that person? And if you can answer that question, if you can't tell that history or that story of that industry or sport without that person or individual they belong in the Hall of Fame. And I think just alone, like with what you said in that Martinsville victory, that alone should get Jeff in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and something else, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff's a great guy and a great friend, but Jeff was also, uh, he's also responsible for some of the safety stuff that's that saves and, and, and just from a safety standpoint, a lot of things that he engineered, developed, that we use today that, that keep us all us race car drivers safe. Uh, just on that part, he should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, not you look at his accolades and the wins and the championships and the Daytona 500. Uh, uh, man, he just he did it really did a, a lot in our sport. And uh, you know, he when he when he retired out of the sport, man, he. Uh, he really, he really made his mark on it. And, uh, I'm, again, I'm surprised that he's not already in the Hall of Fame. Well, uh, you look at some of the guys that are not in the Hall of Fame right now. Um, you know, we mentioned Jeff Bodine. Jeff Barton, also not in the Hall of Fame. Ricky Rudd, not in the Hall of Fame. Um, we know Matt Kenseth is about to be inducted, but – Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Dom. Uh, Buddy Baker also one of those. <clears throat> you know, if you talk about most most deserving, if it's let's say let's narrow it down between those four, unless I'm missing somebody else. Buddy Baker, Jeff Bodine, Jeff Burton, and Ricky Rudd um, are all of those Hall of Fame caliber drivers. And if so, which ones go in first? You think, Devin? For me, it would be Buddy Baker and, and Jeff O'Dine, no doubt about it. You know, uh, Buddy Baker, Bobby Allison. Oh, and Carl Edwards, too. Yeah, Edwards is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you said Carl Edwards? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I, I, uh, I look at the guys uh, like Buddy Baker and, and Jeff O'Dine and some of those guys – uh, you know, they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame now. I, I would say before a Jeff Burton or a Carl Edwards, uh, you know, just because, man, they they really, uh, through the 60s and 70s and, and in the 80s, they really paved the way, kind of kind of really uh, was inter instrumental in really getting the sport to, to where it's at today. Uh, you know, uh, from a safety standpoint, uh, the way the cars race, how they were built, the engineering of them. I mean, just 
Man, Buddy Baker's a big name. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he died five or six years ago with some type of cancer, but I was a big fan of his. I remember reading a lot of books about Buddy and and really his career was unbelievable. And for him not to be in the Hall of Fame again, like Jeff Bodine, I'm kind of shocked, you know, and some of the people that are already there, uh, you know, I would have thought they'd have put Jeff Bodine in or Bob uh, or Buddy Baker, Baker in before some of the ones that are in there. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how that the process of procedure works for that type of stuff, but but it is kind of shocking that those two names aren't, aren't in the Hall of Fame already. Uh, what about you, Barry? Uh, what do you think? Uh, who's who's not in? You think that should be in? Uh, David, no, uh, it's, I, I'm kind of <laughs> serious about that. You know, it's it's you, it's let's take a look at the Hall of Fame, and there's a lot of people that are very famous. They're always on the front of the the videos and everything like that when you're watching TV, and and they're they're famous people, and they they're good for the sport, and people can rally around them and enjoy them. But I'll tell you what, if after me being in that in the sport for as long as I've been, you know, the people there. I, I was down at one time in Charlotte, and there's this group of guys there. And they didn't have the same suits on. They had an old junkie toolbox, and it was just they, they were just there, just enjoying themselves and racing at the core. And I walked up to him and I said, "You guys having fun down here?" He says, "Yeah, we're having the most fun down here out of all of them." There's people in Hall of Fame that uh, that are famous, and that constitutes the Hall of Fame. But to me, the people that are are famous are, are that should be are are the people in the sport that have been there for a long time. David, how long have you been in the sport? I mean, like Man. forever. And and you, I watched you walk out. Uh, you were walking out one time, and, and this is when I fell in love with you. You were walking out one time, and there's this kid sitting there, and he's asking for an autograph, and I'm watching the people walk by. You stop, you kneel down, you sign an autograph, you talk to them a little bit, and then you go on. You know, there, there are people in the, in the industry that the Hall of Fame is not just about winning. It's about what you're doing and what you're living. So if they look at the living side of that and they put it in there, I think that they would be a lot more beneficial to everybody understanding what racing is all about. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear you speak about that, uh, Barry, because I mean, you think of Jimmy Means, uh, you think of, uh, you know, there's a lot of them that made a living racing cars. They wouldn't, the normal guys that you saw in Victory Lane week in and week out. In fact, a lot of them never even won a NASCAR race ever, but but they were they were uh, a, a permanent fixture in the sport for years. They were stand up, great ethical people uh, that just had a big passion for NASCAR racing, you know. But uh, but you know it's uh, you know there's lots lots of those guys out there. I mean, just a guy I used to drive for my good friend Carl Long. You know, you, you look at what he did as a driver and as a team owner. You know, there's so many so many great stories of different people in our sport and and you know if, if you sometimes we're so busy at times it's hard to slow down sometimes and really talk to get to know some of these uh some of these people but it's amazing uh there's so many people deserving deserving of being in the hall of fame that right. never even won a nascar well, race before i mean when you talk about like the combination of your resume and your impact I mean, think about Carl Edwards, for example. Carl, of the guys that are not in the hall that are eligible right now, probably has the best resume uh, with his wins and his Xfinity title that he has. But Carl's been MIA, has not been around the sport since he left. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash Carl here. Just being honest, you know, he just went, he just went by, you know. I mean, and did his own thing, and that's perfectly fine. But I would argue, uh, Dom, that had Carl, even if he stayed in a non-racing role, if he was just around, Carl might already be in by now. I think that could be a fair assumption, right? You're around more. You're more relevant. People see the face. People Giving see back the to the sport, right. Exactly, exactly. So hard to say, but I mean, I don't think that would certainly hurt. I think he's been to the racetrack maybe a couple of times. I remember it was a big deal when he was at the Texas race weekend in 2018 and he got swarmed in the garage area. A lot of people were happy to see him. I believe that was his first time back since exiting the car homestead in 2016. Yeah. And again, there's nothing, nothing wrong with what he's done. He's chosen to live his life and do his own thing. But I think your, 
value to the sport, your impact kind of gets lost in uh, if you're not around, you know, in, in that sense. So, uh, so you, you know, who I think the sport can really benefit is that, you know, I watch the race cars go around. And you see the top five, maybe the top six or seven cars. You know, the race is like four hours long. To focus on each of the cars in there for even a minute and talk about some of the stories of these other drivers really would be very interesting to people that are watching the race because you see all the front cars and when you see, you know, uh, you know uh, the people that are not in the front uh, all the time, uh, there are some really cool stories out there. And I, I think that taking those stories and, and frontlining them on television and showing people there's more to sport than just people in the front of the race is is something that really needs to be done. I know yeah. if, if nothing else for sponsors. Yeah, I always loved when NBC and ESPN did like that through the field segment where they got yeah. the reporters to tell the stories of every single position, you know, every single running order and, you know, how their day has gone and what the problems they face or whatever, you know, and TV is a big part of that. That's a, a very good point there. Yeah, uh, sports amazing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dom, anything else? Or are we going to ask David now? I think we're going to everybody's favorite 14th segment. Yes. 14th yes. favorite segment. <laughs> yes. Uh, as David's presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came board's primary sponsor this year, and David's 08 Ford Mustang. I'll tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace. Tickets over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck Race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit Ticketsmarter.com to get your tickets today. That's Ticketsmarter.com. Uh, time for Ask David. You submit questions to us on Facebook, Twitter, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, David, first question from the inbox this week comes from Nigel. Nigel wants to know, David, what are your favorite Christmas movies of all time? <laughs> Man, you know, I... Uh... You know, I, uh, it's a wonderful life. I think that's what it called. That's, yes. that's probably my favorite one. Uh, uh, and then, uh, uh, it's not really a movie. Uh, I've never seen it on television, but me and my wife and my kids just went to a play the other night ago and it was the Christmas Carol play with Amnesia Scrooge, you know, and it was, uh, it was, it was amazing. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, uh, but those 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 uh, those two are really probably my favorite two. Okay, uh, there's been very a lot of variations of the Christmas Carol. My personal favorite, Dom, is of the Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> uh, Christmas Carol, nice. My my favorite Christmas movies uh, of all time. I got to go with Die Hard number one. Die Hard. Um, it's a Wonderful Life number two. Uh, I watch it every year, Christmas Eve. And then uh, Elf would be my third one with Will Ferrell. So that'd be my ranking. What'd be your ranking, Dom? Man, I don't know about my top three. And, and as you guys have all come to find out, I'm a very uncultured person when it comes to movies and movie and pop culture and that sort of thing. But the one movie I did enjoy, and it's it's a movie about a snowman, Jack Frost. And I'm not talking about the scary <laughs> one. I'm talking about the one where he dies, but he comes back to life as a snowman. He spends time with his son. Man, oh, with uh, Michael Keaton. There we go. Oh, dude, the ending gets me every time. You want to see a grown man <laughs> cry like a baby and cry. I, gotta, and I need to watch that, Dom. I need to watch that. Oh, man, it will make you cry, David. I know how you are. Really? I'm, I'm worse, man. I, I cry. It's got my seat. Uh, I believe that movie is actually a little programming note. Uh, Jack Frost is uh, going to be on uh, AMC tomorrow, uh, tomorrow afternoon. So. Awesome. Uh, there you go. Uh, how about you, uh, Barry? Uh, any, what's your favorite Christmas movies? Well, I kind of think the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can't remember what the name of that thing was. Where Did he was all uh, the way? No, superhero. He, he was trying to find a superhero uh, present for his son. I, I can't remember what that – I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, and then Tim Allen, of course, with his movies being Santa. Uh, that, that I enjoy oh, that. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and then – I forgot about those. All, all, all the classics are, I mean, they'll, they'll go without question. I mean, they're just they're so simple that to know, uh, you know, the, the meaning behind Christmas, I think, is sometimes forgotten uh, through, uh, through commercialization, uh, you know, when Christ uh, uh, was born. But uh, the movies, I think, that are the older movies are just without question the ones that are the best. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that movie's Jingle All the Way, by the way, that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I haven't <laughs> seen that one in a long time. That's a good one. Um, next question in the inbox. It uh, comes from uh, Rick. Rick wants to know, David, what are your plans for Christmas? Man, my plans is a, it's just, a, you know, we, we spend it. Santa comes Christmas morning, we wake up and, and my boys, they sleep with me and my wife and uh, they, man, Santa comes, Santa comes. And man, we, to, to, you know, let, let your kids out, let them go into the living room and see what Santa Claus brought was pretty, always pretty special. But uh, Christmas Eve, we have uh, uh, my, uh, my side of the family, my, uh, my mom and dad, and my brothers and sisters and some aunts and uncles, they, they come over. We have a little two or three hour get together. Uh, we have, we have dinner and, uh, we, we, uh, you know, open up gifts for each other. And then, uh, we, we, uh, we go to midnight mass. Uh, sometimes my family doesn't make it cause they're just wore out too tired. And I've been going to midnight mass ever since I was just a little boy. And I continue that, tra uh, uh, I call it a, uh, tradition. Uh, and then, uh, after Santa, after we get up Christmas morning, see what Santa brung, uh, we kind of clean up a little bit. And then my wife's family, they'll come over and uh, there'll be about, I don't know, 15, 20 of them. And uh, we'll have another party on Christmas Day. And then uh, and then the day after Christmas, my dad's family, uh, my dad is, uh, he's one of nine. And, and all my aunts and uncles, they have kids and cousins and We'll get together at my sister's house for a big star kind of a reunion Christmas party. And there'll be like anywhere from 60 to 70 people there. So, man, it's uh, it's really a fun time and very. Uh, yeah, I'll be at that one now. And it's, yeah, it's just fun and special. And, and man, I, for me, you know, Christmas, the meaning of Christmas, uh, uh, I, I just love it. I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, everybody's happy. It's just a great time of year. Y'all know me, man. If you call me during the day and I'm driving my truck, you know, I'm singing Christmas carols. <laughs> it's just, uh, man, it's just, a, I love Christmas, and uh, the meaning of it. And, you know, when you got kids and Santa comes, it's just, man, it's a beautiful time of the year. I love it, man. Very good. Uh, how about you, Barry? What do you got going on for Christmas? Well, uh, we, we have a quiet Christmas now. My, uh, my kids are kind of all grown up, but they all come up here during Christmas. And every uh, every Christmas Eve, we sit around, we break open the, the great big family Bible. It's a huge thing. And I sit there and I read about the Christmas story to everybody. And we talk about that so we don't forget about what the meaning of Christmas is. Uh, and then we just have a great time. Our Christmas tree is up for Thanksgiving on. Uh, and I usually leave it up in the into uh, January, and my wife finally says, "Would you please take the Christmas tree down?" <laughs> pretty. I mean, I don't like to take it down. It's you know, outside it's cold, it's wet, it's snowy, and in here it's beautiful. You know, uh, but it's it's uh, you know the, the family. Uh, but it, it's nothing is to be eclipsed by the actual true reason for Christmas. But all of the things that happen around Christmas are so special to us and our family, and it's so nice to have a healthy family and to enjoy Christmas with people that you love. I got a very good story for all of you to start off the holiday season. So uh, my dad, uh, I use his Amazon Prime account, so I don't have to, you know, pay for a separate account and all that. And, you know, I got my card info saved and my address on there. And, and uh, well, I, I didn't want to deal with all these department stores and how crazy they are. So I've tried to do most of my shopping online and amazon and all that not not a free ad just telling you what i've been doing anyways so i ordered my christmas tree uh a couple days ago off of amazon and i was looking at my bank account and i never saw it come up i'm like well that's odd it's taking a while to process and then i went back through the order information i'm like oh uh actually paid for that with dad's credit card <laughs> and and then i called up my dad i'm like hey uh oops uh accidentally uh used your card to buy my christmas tree and he said uh he said well son that's on me i'll, I'll, I'll buy i'll buy your tree don't worry about it so <laughs> so what dad came through what a funny story barry i love it that y'all read you open up the bible and read from the bible well, that's pretty awesome man that is so cool i remember the first race we went to it i was a sponsor and 
And he said, come on, Barry, I'm, I'm going to church. And it's like, what? You know, and, and I loved it. We sat at church and it was just it was so much fun to watch the uh, the people in there and, and all the people, all the race car drivers were in there. And, and it was so nice to see the reality that people have for their faith. And, and, and I can tell that you have a very strong reality in the faith. Yeah, I, mean, well, I think all of us do here that are on here, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, I think we all have a very strong faith. You know, I think sometimes people people don't realize that, you know, because the hustle bustle of life and, you know, the, you know, you're competitive, you know, you get mad and, you know, just, you know, and, and I think sometimes over the years I've had people say stuff to me. It's like, man, I didn't know you was a Christian, you know. I said, well, you never asked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that don't mean, I, you know, that I'm, I'm, that I'm competitive and I get pissed off and this and that. I was like, man, you know, I, I, man, 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 God got a great relationship, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know that. Some do, but man, it's, uh, but uh, yeah, man, it's just, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, uh, and uh, it's cool to hear that y'all open up the Bible and, and it's cool that y'all do that. It's a cool tradition you have there. Very cool. Now, Alma, what do you got going on at Christmas? We're going to be spending it up in Taos with my in-laws. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I've never been to that part of the state during Christmas time. And yeah, it, it's awesome. Our, our son's going to get to see my side of the family before on Christmas Eve. And then we're going to spend with the V Hill side Christmas Eve into Christmas Day and Kind of like you, Dave, we have that tradition of going to Mass at night. And I've been to Midnight Mass before. And I mean, I'm a night owl, but it was a little late. So I think we're going to go about 5 or 6 o'clock on, on Saturday. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And in the past, we've done a lot of big family gatherings at my grandmother's house and a lot of New Mexico traditional food and just share good stories and then meet at my mom and dad's and open presents on Christmas Day. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. To me, it doesn't really matter where Christmas is as long as you're with family. And I think like Barry said, you remember the true reason of the season? Everything's going to take care of itself. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I told my wife, I, I said, for our Christmas Eve with my brothers and sisters, you know, I, I, uh, I remember growing up, we used to sit, get around the piano and sing Christmas carols for an hour. And I, and I love that, you know, and uh, so I asked my wife and I, I don't know uh, if that's going to happen, but I said, hey, can you hire some carolers to come over and to sing for us for about 30 minutes? I think that would be pretty cool, you know, and uh, but man, Midnight Mass, man, it's, it's just and it's just it's the best it's the best you know hey, can David, you do... I, I play the piano and sing i can come over to your place you know? <laughs> hey tyler, tyler i love you and everything but i'll pass on that okay i'll get wow. a rain check for later okay <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a humbug spirit from david <laughs> i know like no literally i, I can sing uh, uh, he's discounting me on that but okay sure uh <laughs> But nonetheless, uh, I'm looking forward to the holidays. Uh, you know, I, I got to work Christmas Eve and the day after, but uh, thankfully my family's coming down here, so it'll all be good. Uh, guys, uh, that will about do it for uh, this edition of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. We will uh, see you on the other side. As always, you can subscribe uh, for new episodes each and every week on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. And uh, you can also follow us on social media at Star Podcasts on Twitter and on Facebook. You can email us, davidstarpodcasts at gmail.com. For Barry Cynics, Dominic Aragon, and David Starr, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Have a great holiday. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.